Have you ever felt unqualified for a job? I certainly have. The first time I was sent to make something in the kitchen at coffee club when I was just a dish pig. Or the first time someone left me alone with their kid. Whether you fudged it on your resume or found yourself the only one left who had any idea what needed to be done, it can be a pretty wild feeling. Now imagine that you're the only one left in the dark, in a storm, on a boat that is with sinking. With a yowie. Oh. <laughs> that is sinking. This week, we're back to our podcast roots as we, un- as we cover- <laughs> This week, we're back to our podcast roots as we cover the unbelievable events of the sinking of the MTS Ocean. No! God damn it. Cut the theme music. Don't even play it. John and I are replacing it with just boo. I like boat stories, but can you do that? Can you cut the theme music with like a disc scratch and have just Sean yelling? Yeah. Okay. More boats. boats, boats, boats. More boats. Can more we, boats. Can we cover two things in your can intro? Boat cast. Yeah, sure. Cheeky boats. You were an boat. underwater ceramic hygienist. I was, yeah. And was I the first person to leave you with a kid? Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> when you left me with your first two children. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll say my boaty tails bit again. <laughs> Bodie McBoat tails. Oh, more boats. On Instagram. Bodie McBoat tails pod. How many boat stories have we done? Battle of Midway, Titanic, 18, sorry, 1983, Australia boat race. boat race crap. Yep, Australia crap. We did um, the sinking of- We've done the, um, the, the, white the whaling ship. Yep. Was it the Erebus? No, that's a different boat. No, it's a different boat. Have you done the Terror or you just talked about it with me a lot? Just talked about talked it. Talked about the Terror. Yeah, no. God boats. Damn boat cast. Yeah. <laughs> this one's more like, this one's more akin to like Balloon Fest where you just go, what were they doing? Well, one of Aaron's favourite podcasts he listened to is Ship Hits the Fan. Yes. Yeah, that's that's gone now. Mm, it does air crash investigations as well. Yep. This is just the same thing, but it's boat crash in boastigations or something. Watercraft investigations. Yeah. So this story actually comes to us from our mate Brendan. He suggested it to me probably a year and a half ago. Nice. And then- not two weeks later, Ship Hits the Fan did the story. Oh, really? Yeah. So I kind of gave it some room. Yep. But uh, it, just you wait, Sean. Oh, boats. <laughs> anyway, we've got uh, much, much less to talk about this episode. Let's, um, because we did all that last episode. <laughs> um, hoist the mainsails up anchor and let's go, boy. Good. <sighs> what? I don't have a pun, but I have something. Rage. It's just fuck you and the boat you came in on. Seriously, <laughs> that's just one whole long. <laughs> it's just one of the- <laughs> Just thirty seconds of beep. Yep. All right. Well, let's start with the ship. I'm keen. I'm interested. Good. I'm keen. Yep. This is a good story. Yeah. Cool. All good sinking stories start with the building of a ship. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about ship, baby. Did it have <laughs> nice? Did it have a winged keel? It did not. No. No. <laughs> My God. I'm going to do this the whole episode. I'm so worked up. I haven't even started searching for facts. What's was it a hydrofoil? The- it was not. Mm. It's the MTS Oceanus. Yes. Better known. Uh, I don't know where the MTS comes from, but it's the Oceanos. Okay. The Oceanos didn't start life as the Oceanos, but rather as the Jean Le Board, 
I was going to say, if you said it started life as the Britannica, I was just going to flip this mic stand. <laughs> the Jean Laborde was built in France uh, for <gasps> Massageries Maritimes. What? The Jean Laborde was built in France? Yeah, shocking. Oh. I know, right? I thought you were going to say Russia. There were four sister ships with the Jean Laborde as the fourth of the group. The hull was laid down in 1951, with the ship being delivered ready for use in June of 1953. Why is that a benchmark in the life of a boat when the hull is laid? Because it's the first bit of the yeah, ship. It's, it's, yeah, okay. It's like <laughs> when you lay the foundations the of a house. Because yeah. the hull's going to be watertight. It's basically yeah, yeah. the start of it. Yeah, but it's just it's the main spine. Like they always note when that main spine with yeah. the ribs get. It's like the foundation stone yeah. in old buildings. Yeah, okay. It was built to be a luxury cruise ship measuring mm. 153 metres or 502 subway footlongs long. Speaking of luxury cruise ships, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you so much, boy. Did you know there is a super yacht docked at the Gold Coast at the moment? Is there? Yeah. It's How like big? 75 metres. That's a big ship. Um, I think it has like 20 bedrooms or something like that. Yeah, right. And it, it's owned by one of the founders of Google, some Russian dude. Okay. All right. Anyway. Anyway, it's 153 metres long uh, or 502 subway footlongs, 20 <laughs> metres wide or 66 feet. Is that our new um, unit of measurement? Really, of- I want to do it in subway six inches. Okay. So, you're so, just going to double it? Yeah. So, thousand, what was it? 1,004 subway six inches long. Very good. Uh, 20 metres wide or 66 feet with a seven metre or 23 foot draft. Sorry. 66, so, or 130. 112. 112 six-inch subways. Sorry, 130. I thought you said 76. Anyway, it sported nine decks and had a gross tonnage of 14,000 tonnes. When completely full of passengers and crew, it could hold 250 crew. What? Sorry, what is what is 66 times two? 132. Thank you. What did I say? 112. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everyone. I'm out. <laughs> Ah, oh, damn. I've been called out. <laughs> Trying to make me sound dumb. I'm going, no, I'm right. <laughs> Here's me like, oh, good night, oh, good boy. Good on you, time to dwell, you muffin. No. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. You know, there'll be people who paused the episode and screamed at us in social media this week, like, you know, dig it, go count. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> when, 132 six-inch subways. Yeah, cool. Mm. Glad we got that number right. <laughs> when completely full of passengers and crew, it could hold 250 crew and 550 passengers. Damn. It's not the biggest cruise ship in the world, but that's certainly a- not a small tinny. Now, if my mass is correct, that's a 1,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try <laughs> Over the years, the ship would change hands multiple times and be renamed multiples. Why going, does it have hands? Uh, going through the name <laughs> Jean Laborde, uh, Mikiani, Ancona, Eastern Princess, and finally Oceanos. When sold to the Greek cruise company uh, Iporotiki Lines. Iporotiki? Iporotiki Lines. Interestingly, the ship was also featured in two films, Ooh. Sky High and Hard Bodies 2. Sky High is like the um, teenage superhero movie. No idea. It's in the 80s. Oh, okay. It's not that one then. Right. At the time of the accident, the ship was under charter by a company called TFC Tours and was sailing from East London in South Africa to Durban, also in South Africa. 
It was under the command of Captain Yanis, uh, Yanis, Yanis, Yanis Avranis, <laughs> who had 30 years sailing experience under his belt. Oh, don't you love it when someone's name rhymes? Yanis Avranis. Yeah, it's great. Uh, there was also a fairly experienced crew manning the rest of the bridge, and in the days before the accident, the Oceanos had been chartered by a rich family for a bachelor party and wedding. Nice. The wedding had been severely interrupted by heavy seas, with the vessel setting sail, then returning to the <laughs> harbour due to the storms uh, that were battering the ship and making it unsteady. A request that you call it the Oceanos for the rest of the, <laughs> the Oceanos. 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 I would love to see that wedding being interrupted by the bad seas, like they're standing on the bow of the boat, exchanging, uh, (laughs) exchanging (laughs) nuptials, you know, like the groom and the bride with the officiant standing there. And they just hit a wire and the officiant just goes backwards over the rail. (laughs) Well, apparently they got out to sea and everyone was like vomiting. Yeah. Like struggling to walk around everything. They're like, we've got to get back in the Harbor. And then they got back at Harbor and the bride's like, well, the harbour's not a nice setting for a wedding. Let's set sail again. And so they set sail again. And, um, yeah, there's, there's like, stories of the the entertainers. They'd, like, go up and play and then walk off stage, spew in a, like, plant or into a towel and then go back out on stage. Yeah, quite the few days leading up to, oh, to this event. Sounds like the bachelor party would have been rocking, though. Yeah, good one. Cool. Rocking because of the scenes. I know that you know, but your complete lack of response. Sean loved it. <laughs> Did he only just get it? <laughs> Sean's so happy we're doing another boat. The protagonists of our story. Ooh. Interestingly, the crew are not going to be the main focus during this tale. No, because they, apparently they left, didn't they? There's only one person on board. Is that, is that what you said in the opener? No. Exactly what you said in the opener. No, I just said one guy got stuck doing something he didn't know how to do. Did you guys even pay attention? We heard boats and just <laughs> lost it. Start again. Interestingly, <laughs> the crew- Have aren't- you ever felt like you were underqualified for a task? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, the crew aren't going to be the main focus during this tale. We really? our focus instead on the entertainers that were hired to keep the passengers jolly. Did they have any bagpipers? They did not. But I'm not interested. There were multiple <laughs> magicians. Yes! Oh, she was back here. I love magic. Our main man is a man named Moss Hills. Oh, that's a bad name. Who began life in Zimbabwe and spent his younger years in South Africa drumming in a band called Four Jacks and a Jill. They had some moderate oh, that's success. That's the worst band name I've ever. It's so funny. The that's- podcast I was listening to, the interviewer was like, that's a great band name. And Moss is like, yeah, it was pretty good, hey? Anyway, they had some moderate success and would tour frequently around the world. Moss would meet his wife, Tracy, during this time and would ultimately decide that he would, be, uh, he would prefer to be with his wife rather than miss her on tour. Oh, so sweet. And so spent 18 months teaching her to play bass guitar well <laughs> enough to get gigs with him as a duo. Nice. They would eventually find steady work on cruise ships and so would start their new life together, riding the waves and playing for passengers. They would have a daughter, Amber, who would go to boarding school and fly out to where Moss and Tracy were, uh, wherever they were in the world, to join them on holidays. Amber was actually on board the Oceanos just two days prior to the ship setting sail on its final voyage. 
not even a response. Uh, and that's about all there is on Moss and Tracy prior to the Oceano's sinking. Uh, but it's safe to say that they didn't have any experience as sailors, uh, though they did have plenty of experience being on ships in general. As they waved a teary goodbye to Amber on the 1st of August, they had little idea just how valuable that limited experience would become in just a few short days. The ship sets sail. The 3rd of August 1991 wasn't a pleasant day, as Moss recounts. In the morning, he left the ship to do some shopping and call his mother. And as he was out, the storm that affected the wedding the night before kicked off again, and Moss would find it hard to walk in the wind. He would call his mother from the relative safety of a phone booth, and after speaking with her, he would manage to get a lift with a couple who were going to look at the ship. So there's just some people driving past, like, oh, we're going to go look at the ship. Who's this guy? Oh, you want to ride? <laughs> Works on the ship. When back on board, Moss and the other crew and entertainers would start to discuss the fact that they may not set sail in these conditions. And eventually they heard an announcement from the bridge that their departure would be delayed by the storm. Usually, the entertainers would put on a sail away party on the deck. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Uh, But it was far too stormy to do so for this trip, so it was moved inside. Moss and Tracy were playing their guitars while trying to steady themselves against the constant roll of the ship as it sets sail. So it must have been a pretty odd-looking performance. Were they playing rock and roll? Uh, actually, Moss wouldn't say what they were playing. Okay. Yeah, the podcast I was listening to, she was like, oh, you know, the, the 90s, what, what kind of music were you guys playing? And he was like, oh, you know, a bit of guitar. That's about <laughs> it. But, yeah, he, um, he tells a story. He's, like, trying to play guitar while this ship is like bouncing around on the waves. So he's like, (laughs) like really struggling to keep his footing. Eventually, the captain made the decision to set sail, as the belief was that the storm would be weaker once they got further into their journey. The ship would slip away from the dock and make its way into open seas. As it turns out, it was not better in open water. Who would have thought? And as as everyone started preparing for dinner, the ship was heaving to and fro, up and down, port to starboard, bow to stern. In interviews, Moss said that the first time he felt something was really wrong was when he was seeing the waitstaff struggle to carry food and drink to tables on their trays. He said he had never seen waitstaff drop anything on the boat, and this was something new. So all the waitstaff are like carrying stuff out yeah. and just eating shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're carrying out like drinks that are half full because so, of the tilting. <laughs> yeah, doing these ones yeah. and like, tipping their hands around. As dinner progressed, Tracy, who Moss had described as unflappable, started to get concerned and decided that after dinner, she would head down to their cabin and get an emergency bag ready. Are you quite done? (laughs) As dinner progressed, Tracy, who Moss had described as unflappable, started to get concerned and decided that after dinner, she would head down to their cabin and get an emergency bag ready. Moss didn't think that was totally necessary but Tracy insisted and so left to get the emergency bag. As it would turn out, Tracy was dead on the money with her idea. While Tracy went to the cabin, Moss headed to the crew's office to collect their wages. While he was in the crew's office, a rack of computer equipment broke free and smashed on the ground. It was certainly starting to get proper rough and Moss would head to the lounge to check on their instruments. When he got there, he again found equipment strewn all over the place and decided he should strap down the streak- uh, the s- streakers Strap down the speakers. Wow. Strap down the streakers. Yeah, don't let them run. So they wouldn't fall on anyone. 
The speakers, that is, not the streakers. Okay. He had to do this discreetly as the lounge was uh, already filling with uneasy guests. There were a couple of officers from the crew walking around trying to keep the passengers at ease. But Moss could tell that something was wrong and would head back to his cabin to get changed and get Tracy. On the way, he would see a number of crew scurrying about in a suspicious way. Once he got changed, he would head back to the lounge and found their equipment had now been thrown all over the stage again. And then there was a loud bang and all the lights went out it was across an the entire ship. It was, was it? not an iceberg. Oh, damn it. Was it a whale? No. Damn it. So, was it a Japanese bomber? <laughs> it was actually pretty innocuous. Oh, okay. They aren't entirely sure what it was, but there was some work done on the ship that wasn't able to be completed. So, so it was just a seam popping. Pretty much. Yeah. There was like a, a pipe that ran through like the, um, I want to say one of the bulkheads or like through the hull. And because there wasn't like a plug on it, it like burst and then started filling water into the ship. Yep. Uh, this section is called Panic at the Disco Floor of the Disco of the Cruise Ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do it again, but that has to be a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that stays in. Panic right. at the Disco Floor of the Cruise Ship. Oh, all that work and you've, I just, know. you've tripped over the finish line. I was so happy with it too. You just tripped at the finish line. So now- Or not- you've gotten stuck in the ribbon they put at the end of the marathons yeah. and you've just run into it and like you can't break through. You've just- Yeah. <laughs> so now not only is the ship rolling around violently in the storm, but the lights have gone off and it's pitch black. Ooh, that's not fun. That does yeah. not sound fun. No. Nah. So imagine a cruise ship in mm. like heavy seas mm-hmm. and, it's and it's pitch dark. black. Yeah. A few seconds later, there was the welcome glow of emergency lighting but it was clear now that this wasn't going to be an ordinary journey anymore. It's the sound of the emergency lighting glowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As tables fell over and glasses and plates smashed on the ground, Moss picked up his acoustic guitar and belted out some songs with another performer oh. to calm the crowd. I thought you were he was just going to start smashing. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. Um, <laughs> Save me. <laughs> going to be the one that saves me. What, what would be a good song to play at that time? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not American Pie. No. Because one of the performers did start singing that and then very quickly realised that the next line was, this will be the day that I die. Yes, okay. Yep, yeah, I can see how that's bad. Segwayed into another song after that one. Um, I'm just trying to think of any songs that talk about sinking boats. And I can't think of any. Yeah, neither can I. Sean, this is your expertise area. It is. I'm sure there's a song that says, like, I'm going to go down with the ship. I just can't think of what it is. I'll go Lots. down with the ship. No, it's down with <laughs> Lots of heavy metal. That's a song. Lots of heavy metal-y songs. I mean, Amity Affliction had one called Let the Ocean Take Me. <laughs> there you that go. is the song that needed to be played. Yeah, so uh, as they ended their songs, the passengers would start to ask what was happening. There had been no announcement from the crew as to what was happening to kill the lights. Probably the crew's probably bailed, that's why. Eventually- Oh, God, I've nailed it. Look at that smile. Eventually, Moss, Tracy, and the other performers would run out of songs to play and decided it was time to go find out what was happening. There's no crew. They've bailed. Uh, let's get there. Okay. 
Moss had also noticed that he couldn't hear the gentle hum of the engines anymore, which meant that this was much worse than an electrical problem. So one problem that happens when you lose engines in a storm is that the boat doesn't go face on anymore. It goes sideways. Side on. Yeah. And it starts you do not want to like be this. side on to waves. Yeah. No, you do not. Moss would find Lorraine Betts, the cruise director, in the halls of the ship, who would tell him that she had spoken to the captain, who had assured her that there was no cause for alarm and that they weren't taking on water. No alarm because they lost power. He did, however say there was a problem with the engine and they should prepare to abandon ship. This obviously didn't sit well, and so Moss decided to go below decks to check things out for himself. He's doing a lot of work for a musician. Oh yeah, this is just the beginning. He would grab the most experienced person he could find to investigate the state of the ship. A magician named Julian. And down they went into the bowels of the ship. Most experienced person. (laughs) This magician is like pretty much equal to Moss in terms of his, uh, what he did on this day. Uh, they would find the lower decks deserted with no crew at all in the darkness. Eventually, they would find the watertight doors had been closed, which was a sure sign that they were taking on water. Taking on water, yep. This wasn't looking good. Moss and Julian would make their way back to the upper decks and found that while they had been below, the, while they had been below the lifeboats had started to be lowered. Shockingly, or not so if you're John, many of the senior officers had already boarded a lifeboat and were drifting away. (laughs) They were already drifting away. (laughs) No cause for alarm. Everything's fine. We're just getting in this boat and leaving. See you later. Oh, my good. And many more of the crew were working to get themselves in lifeboats ahead of the passengers. Still, no announcement had been made over the PA. And this is a grand total of a thousand. Was this boat? 800 people. Okay. So it wasn't at capacity, but. Yeah. Uh, Still 200. I don't know what the, I don't know how many people were on it, but Mm. there was, I think they said it was like 560 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So not full capacity, but kind of close. Still running with a full crew then, because it was a crew of 250. Mm. So you've got equal crew to equal passengers. Uh, I would have said they they probably had less crew. Yeah, okay. But, you know, the the it's like two fifty to five fifty when it's full. Now, was, so. is Moss and this magician counted as crew, or are they counted as passengers? Uh, I think they're counted as crew. Okay. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> anyway, the crew's just yeah. The, the senior out. officers have got in this lifeboat first and left. Like, not even- <laughs> They're not even still attached. They're gone. No, they're gone. They're the first people off the ship. <sighs> Good job. The captain was still saying they were not taking on water. <laughs> and so Moss would go again into the bowels of the ship, this time with a camera, and would uh, this time find a lower deck flooded. So he came across a deck that was flooded, like in Titanic. You know, mm-hmm. where the lower decks are flooding. Moss would come across a crew member named Costas, who would scream at him to stop recording as he wasn't allowed to record here and then would deny he had ever seen any water when Moss questioned him. This footage would ultimately be used in the investigation later and was crucial in proving the crew knew what was happening. Why would you deny that? I don't know. I, none of it makes sense why the crew acted the way they did. Sounds like that dude cost the company a lot of money. Hey. Uh, it was now 1am in the morning, and Moss would head back to the upper decks to tell the other performers and the cruise director what he had seen. Due to the complete lack of direction from the crew, the ragtag group of entertainers were now in command of the evacuation. 
So just to be clear, the cruise director is not like crew. They handle like the luxury features of a cruise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this is not somebody that's part of the crew. The cruise director is just another entertainer. Yeah, yeah, they're, in, they're looking after like all the entertainment yeah. things to do on. Yeah. Yeah. Moss would jump into gear with loading passengers into the lifeboats. He would describe in interviews how he, uh, he would have to have one leg in a lifeboat and one in the oceanos, trying to hold them steadily, uh, steadily, steady to get passengers on. Then as the ship rolled, he would have to jump onto one of them and wait for the lifeboat to swing back, smashing into the hull and splintering wood on both the ship and the lifeboat. Jeez. So he's Van Damming it, like yeah. a leg in both yeah, sides, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just going, Ugh! Ugh! Yeah. Yeah. As the splinters are flying out all in his groin area. Yeah. Eventually, the list of the ship uh, would make it impossible to launch many of the remaining lifeboats, and there would be just one left. The remaining crew would race onto the 99-seat lifeboat, and with only 50 seats full, would demand it be launched. The entertainers would fight them on this, but only managed to get 70 seats filled before the crew launched the lifeboat anyway. They now had no lifeboats and still around 220 people on board. What? Yeah. This is... Did they not learn anything from the Titanic? No. And they had plenty of lifeboats. The crew just <sighs> stole them. No lifeboats. Mamma mia. This was Greek, but anyway. I know. I'm just trying to it was not a Greek sweat. ship in South Africa. Yeah, I'm trying not to sweat. No lifeboats, no hope. Wait. Or did, was there? Did you mention what year this took place? 1991. Can't even blame them for being old in old times and can't not even, knowing any better. They can't even blame the 30s on this. No, one. they knew better in 1991. It happened so recently that while the ship was sinking, they got footage of it sinking. Like news crews got footage of it. Tell me other people rocked up with boats to help. The uh, rest let's of the people. get to that. No lifeboats, no hope, or was there? <clears throat> the Tell entertainers. Me, yeah, they did a Dunkirk. The entertainers would now decide to head to the bridge to see what the captain and crew were doing. Captain's not there. I bet you he's gone. Shockingly, they found nobody on the bridge. <sighs> Everything was working, but nobody was there. They would take turns calling through the radios. Mayday, mayday, mayday. And eventually would reach a ship nearby called the Ned Lloyd Mauritius. Captain Detmar of the Ned Lloyd would ask some questions. Uh, Moss had taken over the- yeah. uh, who, who are you? Uh, I'm the guitarist. What is your position? To which Moss could only answer- Oh, about halfway between East London and Durban. No, no, no. Your coordinates. Oh, I don't know those. What is your rank? <laughs> I don't have a rank. I'm a guitarist. Detmar would eventually realise that this was much worse than he could imagine and would help to coordinate a rescue effort from ships nearby. Moss would attempt to get the captain back to the bridge and found him hiding under a dark stairwell, smoking. He was quite <sighs> clearly in shock. As uh, Moss would tell him to get back to the bridge, but Captain Avranis would just keep saying, it's not necessary. Okay. Avranis would say that he thought there was about two to three hours left before the Oceanus sunk. I'm going to say it. it's 20 to 30 minutes. No. Two to three minutes? Nope. It actually stayed up longer than he said. Oh, so two to three days. No. It was like six hours, can, I want to say. Can you just say yes? Just <laughs> Due to the efforts of Captain Detmar, uh, that was on the other ship, Yep. Uh, two From ships the would- Nora Boris. The uh, Ned Lloyd Mauritius. Oh, my name was cooler. <laughs> two ships would make it to the Oceanos, but wouldn't be able to rescue anyone as they only had one lifeboat each and couldn't get close enough 
due to the occurrence. They would pick some. Uh, they would pick people out of the water that had jumped in, but otherwise would need to wait until the ship sunk in order to help more thoroughly. So their idea was, if no one else can get here, we'll just wait nearby, and mm-hmm. when the ship sinks, we'll go and scoop everyone up that mm-hmm. is on the deck. Eventually, at around 6.30am, some rescue helicopters would arrive and would begin the slow process of airlifting passengers off the ship. Moss would be given a five-minute crash course in how to man the winch and harness and would once again find himself managing the work of loading passengers in the harness to be winched up. The magician, Julian, would work with a Navy diver in an inflatable dinghy to scoop up passengers that fell in the ocean during the process. Couldn't the magician just, like, cover someone with a blanket and then they'd appear on <gasps> land? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so two helicopters showed up and mm. they went, ooh, we probably don't have enough time to get 220 people off this ship. So we're going to set up one helicopter at one end and the other helicopter at the other. And so Moss, like, set up at this end and the Navy divers at the other end. And so this guy, who's a guitarist, now has to, like, manage putting people in a harness to mm. get lifted up. Crazy. I should note, Captain Avranis, the ultimate coward, would get himself on the second helicopter to shore when there was still 200-ish people on board. He did this roughly two hours after he said the ship would sink in two to three hours. I cannot comprehend how he could be so cowardly to do this when he's in command of a ship. So he told him, oh, about two to three hours till this thing sinks. Yeah. And two hours, gets in a helicopter and leaves with 200 people still on it. Who let him on the helicopter? If I was the helicopter pilot, I'm like, you're not getting on. I, yeah, right. You get back down there. Yeah, you but go and sort this out. People let the captain of the Costa Concordia off. You don't know the Costa Concordia, do you? I've heard the name. I the don't Italian know the story. cruise ship that sunk off the coast. Don't worry. We'll cover it another day. Another ship story. Sean's been awfully quiet this episode. He was no. quite vocal the last episode. Yeah, this episode he's got the tithes. Despite all the odds and the complete lack of training, eventually every single person would be rescued from the boat either by helicopter or the dinghy. Nice. No deaths. Not a single life would be lost in the sinking. All thanks to the efforts of the completely inexperienced and untrained performers who happened to be on board that day. Good job, entertainers. Moss would be on the second last helicopter to leave, with just Julian the magician and the navy diver he worked with being airlifted last. The ship sank like maybe an hour after they all got off. Mm-hmm. The aftermath. As you might expect, Captain Avranis and his crew would try to run a PR campaign that stated that they had led a successful and heroic abandonment of ship. <sighs> Luckily, the video footage taken by Moss, along with the hundreds of witness statements from those on board, would set the record straight. Captain Avranis would be absolutely destroyed in the media for his cowardice. He would try to argue that he had left the ship first to try and lead the rescue effort, and did so from a helicopter because the batteries had died in the walkie-talkies that the crew had. Later, he was quoted as saying, When I order the abandonment of ship, It doesn't matter what time I leave. Abandon is for everybody. If some people like to stay, they can stay. (laughs) A year later in 1992, Captain Avranis and five other officers were convicted of negligence for the cowardly acts and were sentenced to prison time. Good, because he's a tosser. Yeah, very much so. Moss and Tracy would head back onto the high seas in future, entertaining cruise ships for years to come. 
Eventually, Moss would himself become a cruise director, which seems fitting for all of his experience on board. He would also become a motivational speaker, giving talks on his experience through the years. He would still perform time, uh, from time to time as well. Tracy no longer works on cruise ships, now working as a jewellery designer, Ooh. though she does join Moss on cruises from time to time. It's a bit of a career change. Bit of a handbrake, yeah. Hmm. And one last thing on Moss. Bit of, bit of a reverse thrust. Ah, that's a boat plane. pun. That's a plane joke. Same thing. Eh, not really. One last thing on Moss. This wasn't his only sinking. Mm, of course not. A few years later, he was on board the Achille Loro, an Italian vessel on the way to South Africa. A fire in the engine room would get out of control, eventually sinking the vessel. This time, the crew were a lot more courageous and organised their own evacuation, but Moss still lent a hand as he was the most experienced on board in sinkings. <laughs> not, not a great title to have. Yeah. You chuck in your resume, oh, you're experienced in sinking. That's, that's good. Maybe don't go on a cruise with Moss Hills. Right. Reminds me of another story that we could hit in the future. There's a, I think there's a nurse in World War II who survived. Violet Jessup. That's her? Survived three sinkings? Yes, I do know the story of, uh, of Violet. Mm-hmm. But that is the full story of the Yoshios. I also believe there's a, a cat who's survived about three sinkings. Unsinkable well. Sam. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> I do actually oh, seem man, to know quite we've, a lot about ships. We've got another three episodes coming up of just boats, boats, boats. Boat Vember. Actually, it could be boat member. If we both do boat episodes next, it'll be three boat episodes in yeah, November. Nice. I'm f-ing sick of boats. <laughs> we should wait for next year for Boat-tober because I think that works a bit better. Yeah, we could end it with a spooky one. Yeah, just have boat bureau. Oh, we could end it with well. the Mary Celeste oh. or the Terror, either yeah. one. Oh, look at that, people! We got twelve months of cheeky tales lined up for you. Boats, boats, yeah. boats, ships, ships, ships. Oh my god, we could record one on the. Boat that's in Brisbane, the Maritime Museum. Don't dangle a carrot like that. Don't. That's that is pe- that's not fair. You know how badly I love going to the Maritime Museum. We that's- could hundred percent do that. All right, you're on getting the permits to record on the ship. Yeah, okay. Only anyway, because it means that, I get to go. Is that going to be Boktober next year? Boktober. Boktober. He's only saying it because he knows that that means I get to go there. It's my. One of my favourite places in Brisbane. Why don't you like boat stories? I'm sick of boat oh, stories. Oh, please. He'll be, he'll be okay by boat Toba. Okay. On the HMAS Diamantina, which is the ship at the, the Maritime Museum. Anyway, what do you think? Good story? Yeah, good story. Good Thanks. story. That is human triumph. Yeah. yeah. Not, not $20 billion Can you from imagine, Alan Bond. though? <laughs> oh, here we go. Any excuse to rag on it. He has mentioned it like four times. Good. I'm glad the story lives on in his brain. Including going to the Gold Coast the other week when I saw Bond University. I'm like, ah, yes, Alan Bond. They (laughs) ragged on him a bit more. Can you imagine, though, being on a cruise and the crew just like goes. Adios. And you have to organize it yourself. Like, I wouldn't know what to do. Oh, I would. If I was a passenger, I'd be like, this is great. We're going to get. Sue money. Yeah. This is Sue money. Yeah, but you have to survive first. Yeah, that's a good point. But that's why I, 
That would be my motivation for surviving. I'm like, I'm going to sue these guys and I'm going to get a payout. Yeah, that motivation is going to come in waves, but- <laughs> Have you have you seen how they launch lifeboats off oil rigs? Uh, they just drop, don't they? Yeah, they just run them down a little ramp and then just poof, into the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's the story of the uh, the Oceanos. Oceanos. The Oceanos. I want some Oceanos. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and, and also me boat tales. <laughs> <laughs> and also on YouTube at Bodie McBoat Tales. No, <laughs> at, at Cheeky Tales Pod uh, for all four of those. Uh, we are on YouTube. Uh, it is just uh, the audio version of the podcast uh, in YouTube form. We don't have any video yet. Maybe one day, but not today. Uh, and the back catalogue is getting uploaded there slowly. So if you want to go back and listen there, you're more than welcome to. Mm-hmm. It will be ad supported. Um, yeah. I guess that's it. There'll be some images up there of the Oceanus. Uh, I think I've said it like eight different ways in this episode. But, uh, yeah, there'll be some photos there. We might put a, a video of the sinking uh, up oh, yeah, on, nice. on uh, the link tree. I would like to watch that before I go. Would you? Hmm. All right. Well, I'll get on that. Um, yeah. But otherwise, that's it. I guess we'll see you in a fortnight's time. For awesome. What will Boy, be thanks. the second November episode. Thanks for wrapping up and anchoring the episode. Good job. Good one. (laughs) Good night, everyone. (laughs) Oh, good night, chiquitos. Ta-ta.